And welcome back to another edition of Official Word Sports. I'm Vince, and I'm here with Stevie D. And Stevie D, I know that this is March Madness, and so we haven't really did any, we haven't devoted any time to college basketball, partly because my North Carolina Tar Heels are not in it. I mean, they they were one and done. They've been lousy all year, and so... You know, I wait, a minute, really... wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Your beloved Tar Heels got bounced in the first game? I don't even know why they showed up. I don't know why they showed up. It, it, the only thing, my only saving grace is I'm still waiting for Duke's first game in the tournament this year. Oh, that's Ooh. right. That's Ooh. right. They're not in there. So, you know, I, I, I didn't pay as much attention to the tournament this year. Even though some of the games have been exciting, uh, I did fill out a bracket uh, at the request of uh, a family member there from yours who said, hey, I need some help with mine. I'm like, ah. <laughs> yeah, she's cursing you up and down, let me tell you. Well, my bracket's pretty good. <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> she to the wrong bracket? <laughs> <laughs> so... But, you know, when, when you have March Madness, that, that always means that the NFL draft is right around the corner, Stevie D. And oh, so the madness for the NFL has begun. We saw some some wheeling and dealing in South Florida. I I was um, I was shocked when I came in and heard that the two deals that they made, um, which were re- I mean, I'll tell you, whatever they're doing down in Miami they they are doing well with these draft picks. I mean, they traded with the, the Niners, right? They traded out of three to move back to 12. Right. And got the swap of the picks plus, what, three first-rounders? Yeah, so look, look at the haul that they got. They got first-rounders in 21, 22, and 23, plus picked up a third-round pick in 22. I, it's all that to drop back, what, uh, Nine spots? Nine spots. They, they, I mean, I don't know what Lynch is doing over there. I, I, I got to be honest with you. I was, I, was, I was surprised. And I was surprised that they didn't even call the Jets about moving up to two. So that means you already kind of figured out that Lawrence and, and Wilson may be gone. So you're trading up to three to get Lance or Jones. Right. Right or fields. That, that was interesting. Or or, or fields. Let, let's, let's. Oh, I it. forgot about just the fields. Thank you. Yeah, I forgot about just the fields. I I think that's who's going number three. But um, it it was odd though. It really is odd. If if I if I'm Jimmy G, I'm thinking, wait a minute, what did I do wrong here? Besides play and get hurt for you, uh, I took you to the Super Bowl. Now, now, granted, I didn't do so great. I overthrew a couple people, but. That's not bad. Um, but is, is it really worth making that big of a move? I mean, have they really soured on Garoppolo? To give up that much capital, you have to then be thinking that they're going to try to flip Garoppolo to, to recoup some of that. I mean, that's that's a big haul. I think that's worse than the Saints deal when, when they traded for Ricky Williams. I don't know, dude. They gave away that whole draft class for Ricky Williams. Well, you've given away – Number one picks in three in three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, two, two, two additional, right? I I always hate when they say you gave away a first round pick when you you basically swapped. 
right? Right. So you still have that first round pick, but still you've given away two additional first round picks. All that to draft uh, Pitts, the tight end. No, uh, no. That <laughs> like he's not going to Buffalo. I'm sorry, <laughs> Buffalo fans. We he talked- is not making it that far down, and we- you guys aren't trading that far up to get him. We so. talked about this last on last show. That is not happening. Mr. Brandon Bean is going to find a way to work his magic. I'm telling you, he's executive of the year. Kyle Pitts will be coming to the Buffalo Bills. All I'm saying is he better be off the board before the New England Patriots go to draft. That's if I, I'm stating this right now. Nobody better let the New England Patriots get this tight end. <laughs> uh, are, are you saying because he's from the University of Florida and then going to New England? Oh, because of Aaron Hernandez? No, uh, I just didn't. I just didn't want another tight end going to New England. A good tight end, too. <laughs> yes, I don't want to have to be dealing with that for the next ten years. Well, pitch CBD, down the middle. Pitch down the middle. Pitch down the middle. CBD yeah. Pro Football Focus has a a simulator, and so I, I'm going to be honest with you. I went through the simulator probably about five or six times. I did not like the result of the simulator each of the five or six times that I ran it. However, in the simulator, you have the ability to make trades. I was like, oh, okay. Buffalo trades up to number one. Shocker. No, 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 no. Okay, all right. No, Uh, we we actually went to – well, first we were going to try to get into the seventh spot. That that was our goal was to get into the seventh spot. We figured, okay, if if we land there – you know, now we're trading with the Lions. We can come out of there. But wouldn't you know that Kyle Pitts gets drafted by the Dolphins in like four of the five? To, I'm like, all right, now this has got to stop. So we then traded with the Bengals. We figured, all right, you know, the Bengals is a safe is a safe play. And finally, I was able to get Kyle Pitts. So the Bengals are four, right? They're at five. They're at five. Broncos. So, so they traded out of five to go where? Uh, down to 30. Okay. So, man, you, you really are in the fantasy land. So just out of curiosity, in this trade with Cincinnati, to go from 30 to 5, what else did you give up in this oh, fantasy oh, trade scenario? A whole lot. Remember, remember I was yelling at John Lynch just a few minutes yeah. ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there were, there were multiple first-round picks. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, what's what's good what's good about this simulator and making trades, you know, it's it's not as bad as Madden, but Madden has groomed me to become a good general manager when I'm trying to make trades, right? Especially against the computer and the AI. And so I realized what I was gonna have to give up. I didn't have to sell the farm, but we were able to move. I gave a couple first round picks, you know, and and gave up a second round pick and maybe a fifth. But I got up there. I, I got up there. And so I, I was happy with that. And then, and then the rest of my draft was pretty much useless. I think I was done at that point. because. So, so then you went to bed on day one? Is that what you're telling me? I did. I did. I didn't wake up until Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> For the Mr. Irrelevant pick? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but, you know, I you, you look at that. And you look at what they're doing down in Miami and you're looking at San Francisco and you're like, okay, so you you basically planted your flag at three, 
Uh, now you're going to have to deal with whatever's going to happen in that locker room with Garoppolo. You're going to have to trade him. New England seems like the obvious trade partner, but you look at your trade partner and you look at the Dolphins, who was basically, what, a 10-16 and 16 last year, and now they, they are stockpiling picks, bringing in talent, and then they turn around and flip that pick with, with the Philadelphia Eagles, and they move back up in the draft. And somehow they're, they're sitting at six. So in essence, so in essence, the Dolphins went from three to 12 to six. And they still have all of these draft picks. All right. So now I'm going to throw you a wild one. Does, depending on, I mean, the Deshaun Watson debacle and what's going on there is going to hurt that trade. But could you see the Dolphins maybe trading for Watson yeah. with some of that draft capital? Or Watson's a done deal, and, and he's staying in Houston. Yeah. But look, look, all right. So what if this never came to light for Deshaun Watson, and everything was the way it was a few months ago, and Watson was the praise of everybody, the must-have quarterback on the trade market? Could you see then Miami making a trade for Watson, or you think all along they're they're – their route is to try and get a playmaker at wide receiver tight end at six. So it's a good question because I don't know if they're a hundred percent sold into a. I agree. I don't think so either. I think you called that out last year. Why would you bring in Fitzpatrick? You know, those were signs that you weren't believing in that quarterback, right? So you kind of saw that last year where I was like, well, I thought it was a smart move bringing Fitzpatrick. Why blow a game if the the veteran can come off the bench, right? So I think you kind of saw some of that. Um, and, and so I, I think that is definitely on the table that Tua is not seen as the man. In right. Miami. But, I mean, if you look at it, um, I, I to, to your point, when we talked about that earlier, I think they handled the rookie – I think they handled that poorly, right? You, you, you have to. Every team has to say, just like the, you know, people always ask you, what, what's your one, three, five year plan, right? Well, every team in the NFL has to have a plan. They have to know when it, when it's actually go time. And you may be stacking up and, and overachieving, but it's not go time, right? And you understand that. You understand that there's still some holes that we need to fill and we can learn and, you know, really be happy with the season that we had. But next year is go time. Well, how do you get to next year? Right. And that that's where I was blaming Brian Flores. I was blaming the Dolphins as a whole for saying two is our if two is our guy, then why are we pulling out him out from situations where he can learn? The good thing is that they still have him for three years under that rookie deal after this year, they'll have them for three more years under that rookie deal. So they, they, they're, they're not pot committed with him, but yet they have the flexibility to kind of make some changes in to make some moves. So I, you know, for as much as, as I don't like what they've done there, that flexibility has now given them the ability to go get a Jamar chase uh, or go get a Devonta Smith. Right. And think about this if they actually go back and they they go get Smith or somebody like that, I mean, you, you're talking about having um, 
you're having Tua's college, the guy that he threw to in college, come back and be one of his wide receivers. That that can't be a bad thing. That that can't be a bad thing at all. Um, if you if you look at Jamar Chase, I mean he's he's just a flat out stud, right? So then all of a sudden he comes into into the fold. So they they definitely have options to get playmakers. Obviously, you know I did not say that they were going to get Kyle Pitts because they're not going to do that. They're they're going to look to the outside and, and get a wide receiver on the outside. So you and I, all right. So I, I'm going to digress from Miami because there's only so much I can take of the Dolphins here. Um, I just ugh, it's like a bad taste. It's like a penny. Put in put a penny on your tongue or battery. Yeah, it's too much dolphin talk. Anyway, so shifting from Miami to Cincinnati, because you mentioned Cincinnati, that you traded with Cincinnati. Can you see a scenario where the Bengals say, you know what? Let's get Chase and let's reunite Burrow with Chase in Cincinnati. Or do you think Cincinnati takes Sewell, the left tackle from Oregon, and just call it a day there? I mean, can you see a scenario where Chase going to Cincinnati to give a weapon? All day long. All day long. I we're we're in a different NFL, right? Think about this. This is a different NFL from the way that offenses are being run, from the way coaches are being hired and being united with former collegiate players, right? That they had to now bringing quarterbacks in the at least the thought of bringing quarterbacks with their weapons right that they were successful with at the collegiate level so when you say can you reunite a chase with a burrow all day long actually i could see that and, and it almost makes sense right i it, it's just it's it's a weird state now where and it, it's amazing how it has changed in front of our eyes the way that teams are being run and the decisions that these these uh, general managers and head coaches are making that, you know, they may forego an immediate need to get something that they think will be uh, not only a need, but that will span, you know, a, a time greater than it will take for them to, to fill in a, a needed position. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a curious spot for the Bengals. Um, do they do they forgo the what we call the sure sure thing at left tackle in Sewell from Oregon? That you know you can plug this kid in for the next 10, 12 years at left tackle. For for Chase, who we all know is I mean, he's you know what, maybe considered the best wide receiver. I know Adams Adams from Alabama. Um, uh, Devon yeah, yeah, De- Smith, excuse me. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. We all know, you know, I get him for some reason. I have Devontae Adams in my head from Green Bay. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and not and, and Smith from Alabama. <clears throat> we all know Smith had the tremendous championship game. But I think everybody kind of, I think, sees Chase as the number one receiver wide receiver in the draft class. So it'd be interesting. Do you, do you take what could be a hall of fame left tackle possibly and know that you cemented the blind side of Joe Burrow for the next, you know, 10 to 12 years or beyond, or do you, do you fall in love with that quarterback to wide receiver tandem that did so well at LSU together 
and saying, oh, my God, could this be the next, you know, one-two dynamic for the Bengals, right? Because you had, what, Palmer and Johnson for many yeah. years, right? Could you see the Burrow-the-Chase connection for the next X amount of years? So I, I'd be curious to see what the Bengals do there. You, you didn't um, say the Fitzpatrick to Carl Pickens connection? <laughs> No, Fitzpatrick is so old, he threw to Carl Pickens. Wow. (laughs) That's a good one. I'll give you that one. Off the cuff, Carl Pickens, nicely done. But, yeah, so it it will be interesting. Here's a a little thing that I saw the other day. And after I saw it, the only thing I can think is, damn you, Belichick. Do you realize for Kyle Van Noy, who went to Miami and then Miami released him as we'll call it a a cap casualty. And he goes back to new England. So he was only down in Miami for a year. And not only did new England get their linebacker back, but they also received a compensatory pick for the same guy. Wait, what? Oh God. That's a pretty good move there, Belichick. I don't know how he pulled that one off. Only Belichick can find a way to get draft capital. Now, he doesn't always do the right things with the draft capital, but still, to find a way, he, he basically put the guy out there as a, as, on loan, as a lease, got him back, and, and was able to recruit some draft capital. Well, I, did, you hear what, did you hear what Van Noy said when he went back to New England? No. He's like, yeah, I'm bringing, I'm bringing all the Miami trade secrets over to New England. He is pissed at what happened in Miami. I think Flory sold him a, a bill of goods of what we're going to do and how we're going to do it down there, convinced him to come sign that contract, and he was pissed that he, he only got to see one year of that money. And so he came out, and his statement was that I read, and it was in quotes, that I'm, I'm taking the, the Miami secrets with me to New England, or back to New England, I should say. So, yeah, he's, uh, he's a little bitter. Yeah. A little bitter. Rightly or, or or wrongly, I I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, I I don't know that 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 statement. Now that you said that statement, kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Then yeah yeah. Not, never a big fan of the Patriots though, or past or present. So it doesn't surprise you. Doesn't surprise you at all. So Stevie D, if we continue to look at uh, what's happening in the landscape of the NFL. The inevitable. We knew it was coming. <laughs> we knew it was coming. Oh, the- but get rid of Thursday night football for player safety. Oh. <laughs> uh, no, that's not it. Okay, hold on. Uh, yeah, um, let's stay along the lines of player safety and yeah. let's add an additional game. We oh, will- we're gonna add an additional game. We okay. have gone to the seventeenth game. Not not a fan of this seventeenth game. I saw a pretty, a pretty, pretty nasty meme today uh, that somebody actually sent me um, as a joke, and they said uh, they hashtag the New York Jets. The Jets will finally get to see a seventeenth game. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, that that hit me. That hit me pretty good. It was pretty good. That hit me pretty hard, man. That hit me pretty hard. But man, has it been that long since we see the seventeenth game? Yep, it has been that long. Ten years. So. Touche to the person that created that. Uh, Touche to the person who sent it to me. I'll give you that credit. Um, and uh, yeah, so that was, a little, that was a little harsh. I thought I'd share that with you. There, there has been a lot of um, 
especially by the players. There's been a lot of negative feedback, a lot of negative comments. Elvin Kamara was one of the bigger names to come out and, you know, not happy with it. And, and I don't blame him. I really don't. Um, there, there's so many things. And I would love, I would love if, if Sean is listening to get Sean Barber to come on and really talk about it. Cause obviously, you know, he has greater insight from a player's perspective, but just from the outside looking in, when, when I look at that 17th game, I'm like, well, what are you gaining? Right. And what you are gaining is revenue that, uh, you basically would be, you wouldn't be receiving during the preseason. At the end of the day, that that's what it is. It is a fully money generated type move by the owners. It it, it doesn't benefit the players whatsoever because you got the guys, especially your starters, that are going full speed for another week, right? It, it, you have bodies that are breaking down. Sixteen game seasons, bodies break down. And now you're asking them to go full speed for that 17th game. It doesn't do anything for the fans. Yeah, when you think of a player that uh, plays 15, 16 years in the league, or we'll say 16 years in the league, I mean, at the end of the day, you you added a year to his career, and he's not getting necessarily paid for that. Um, well, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say it's not getting paid for that because salaries will be adjusted. Right, because now it's the seventeenth game for new contracts. Did they right? Did they say they're adjusting the salaries for the existing contracts this no, year? No, no. There's no money. They, the NFL's got no money. Don't you know that? The owners got no money. This is true. Yeah, they they never have any money. Open the books, baby. Open yeah, the books. Well, what's the old saying? There's always two set of there's always two two sets of books. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know it's interesting uh, with the seventeen game season. Uh, from a fan perspective, purely from a fan perspective that doesn't care about player safety, doesn't care about um, uh, revenues for the league, doesn't care about TV contracts. It's the greatest thing. You get another another week of football. You have another week that your team has a chance to compete to get to the playoffs, right? So from a pure selfish standpoint, from a fan perspective, how great is that? I get another meaningful game in the regular season. Because you only get 16, and it goes so fast, now I got a 17th game. So from that perspective, the fans are ecstatic about it. But when you go back and you, and you think of the player safety and, and, and the money splits and all that for the players, the owners are getting richer. And where are we going to see that in the, in the new CBA where uh, the players can get taken care of? So to your point, where you said the fans get one more chance for their team to try to make it to the playoffs – uh, and, and that's where it's exciting. You know, not looking at it from that perspective, but now that you say that, how does that and will they, you know, you know how they, you know how when they talk about time time travel in the, in the movies and they're like, when you go back, don't change anything, right? Because if you change something, you're going to alter, you know, the future, right? And the least little thing could have such a cascading domino effect and what happens in the future, right? Right. Now we've added this 17th game. What does that mean for teams that were the powerhouses, right? What does that mean for those teams that may have sat, you know, a Pat Mahomes or Josh Allen in week 15 
or week 16. Now they have to sit them in week 16 or 17. Well, all of a sudden you've changed the dynamic of what happens in week 15, right? Or you've changed the dynamic of what happens in week 16. You have a greater propensity for injury. Now you have these guys potentially that are not going to be able to lead their teams to the Super Bowl. You have teams that, you know, shouldn't be in the playoffs that are, you know, we'll look at the Washington football team. You know, now all of a sudden that NFC East really becomes exciting with a bunch of six and six and ten teams, right, battling for that seventh win to go seven and ten. It, it's And then all of a sudden that could change the fortunes of how it goes all the way through to the playoffs in the, in the Super Bowl. It, just that one slight change. I, I don't know if I could buy into the injury perspective on week 15 or 16 or something like that, um, just because injuries can help it at any point in time, even if the season was still 16 weeks and you rested somebody and then they came back and got hurt. So I, I don't I don't know if well, I, 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 I I say that just because it's one more game now that they have to play. Well, OK, sure. I, okay, I, from that perspective, I, I could see that it's one more regular season game that they have to play, right? Yeah, yeah, you, you open up that risk, sure, right? You know, I look at the assault on, on the record books, Oh, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously, right? Now you're adding another game, and, and what, what does that really mean for, you know, the hollered records in, in the game? So it's interesting you say that because that was something that I was thinking about. So it used to be that the gold standard <laughs> was a thousand yards, right? And what did a thousand yards equal? It was like a little over 60 yards per game, right? Now you could be about 55, 56 yards per game running back. Really? Is that what we're talking about? We're talking about Frank Gore? Yeah, the older, wow. <laughs> we're talking the older Frank Gore when, when he was with the Buffalo Bills. You know, one yard in a cloud of dust, Frank Gore. That guy now potentially could go for a thousand yards. Yeah, I think the new gold standard would be twelve hundred yards for running back. If you want to, you know, I, I would say twelve hundred yards is probably the new standard. Um, where I would consider that that's a that's a pretty good year for a running back is twelve hundred yards, and I wouldn't say that just because it's seventeen weeks. I say it now. I, I look at twelve hundred yards. You should be getting if you're an everyday back, every down back, twelve hundred yards a year minimum. That's not what you're receiving yardage, right? That's not all purpose yardage. That's just just running, running with the rock, right? It's twelve hundred yards. See, I still think that's too low. If you were to set the standard, I think that's too low. I, I think the average the average running back should get about 90 yards a game. Well, but, you know, it, it's tough because you don't know that the offensive play calling, maybe if you're good enough, you're going to get the ball because you're, you're, you're gaining chunks of yardage. So it's going to be hard just to put the ball in the quarterback's hand. Um, I, there was one running back that came out and talked about he supported the, the two-back system, right? Share share the load with the running backs since we're going to seventeen games. Well, you stay need, fresh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I could see that. I mean, the the winners by far are, are going to be uh, those players trying to go after records. Maybe, maybe that's why uh, Brady's staying around so he can really <laughs> add out to that record book. 
we we know there's no other goal for him but to try to obliterate every record and make it uh, almost impossible for anybody to get. I I know you hate Tom Brady, and I, I'm not necessarily a fan of Tom Brady, but I'm just going to say right now, you are you're what you're saying about Tom Brady is not making you look real good, right? Right now, yes. <laughs> I'm just saying that the 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 man is 64 years old, and he's still winning football games. I mean, at the end of the day, he's found the fountain of youth. His wife has this special facial cream that Tom Brady still likes. Looks like he's younger uh, than half of his teammates, right? Um, and, and the guy just still gets it done. Now he's not the Tom Brady of you know 15 years ago, but the guy just wins. I, I don't I mean, well, killing him, but the guy just wins. If Alex Guerrero was my trainer and, you know, I, I didn't get caught like a certain wide receiver for. He didn't follow the plan. He didn't follow the plan. He ignored <laughs> Alex Guerrero's rules. If you follow and stick to this plan, you wouldn't have had that problem. All, all I'm saying is we're just putting Alex Guerrero's name out there. And as we put his name out there, we'll put Julian Edelman's name out there, and the two kind of intersect. And all know. I'm saying is Roger Clemens shouldn't have had the stuff come to his house ha- in his to his house in his wife's name. That's how you get caught. Well, this right? is true. So I don't know if Mr. Welker, um, was it Welker? No, it was not Welker. It was uh, Edelman, right? Yep, they got busted. He did not follow the plan. He ignored the rules of engagement from the trainer, and he got busted. So I, I don't feel for him. But when there's smoke, there's fire. Hey, he, you know. Uh, all of that. What you know, it's what you can prove. And Belichick didn't right. want him around. The, I mean, these are these are all factual statements. Yes. Um, what what you take from these factual statements is up to you. Just saying, I mean, you already said he's 64 years old and he's still throwing touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't happen. Drew Brees, great quarterback, said, you know what? Enough is enough. I'm breaking down. He's not tied to Alex Guerrero. Just saying. Well, but- there is something about the um, – when you look at Tom Brady at, what, 43? Right. Is he 43 this year? Right. Right. What he's done at 43, no other quarterback really has done at the age of 40, and he did it at 43. Uh, it's pretty remarkable. I think Tested Verde, I think, was the last quarterback to have a half-decent year at 40, and I think it was for New England. No, not for New England. I forget what team he played for, where he had a half-decent season at age 40, or it was around at 40. And the quarterbacks just don't last that long. Well, now hold on, hold on. We we got to give it up to George Blanda, forty-eight. Yeah, they were they were made different back then, man. <laughs> they were made different back then. George Blanda was forty-eight. He looked like he was sixty-two. Well, this is true, right? <laughs> Don Brady is sixty-four. He looks like he's forty-three. Um, but even the guys that were like in their thirties looked like they were. Yes, that is true. I mean, I don't know what was. I don't know what was going on back then. Those photos made you look old. Your face looked like it was made out of leather. I mean, it was just, are you kidding me? The side well, how old is that? That, in, that, that, that guy's in high school? 
The guy looks like he just retired from the NFL. He's in high school. So you're right. There was something back then. Maybe it was just bad photography and it just added age. It added 30 years to your to your photo. I, I, I don't know, CBD. You you look at the hair, right? They're all balding, like right in yeah. the middle. <laughs> they're all missing teeth, right? There, there was just so much wrong with it. <laughs> but, you know, I, I am not going to accuse. And, and to your point, right? People wanted to, and I have to support my boy here, right? Changing sports. People want to talk about Tom Brady and, oh, how great it is for him to uh, you know, be able to play at such a high level with younger players and higher competition and all of this and blah, 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 right? But then there's my guy, Barry Bonds, and they say, how can you still hit a baseball that far that old, right? The comparisons are parallel. They are distinct parallel. Barry was, was tied to Belko. Brady is tied to Guerrero. But people want to dismiss the Guerrero and want to just hold on to the Belko. Well, Bal- Belko was... I don't know. I understand the comparison, but I don't know if it's at the same scale because Balco was huge and implicated many, many athletes. Bounds happened to be the face of it because he was considered the best player in the game. Right. But there was a lot of players tied to it with Guerrero. It's tied to Tom Brady and maybe a couple other players on the team. And it just didn't have that far stretching reach um, as much as Balco did. But Steve, um, I, I think it's how far you want to look, right? If I want to turn a blind eye somewhere, you know, you just shake your yeah, head. But at- you know, cheating in football is nowhere near cheating in baseball. I mean, heck they've had Senate hearings, right? I mean, if you had the five stooges that showed up on the, on the thing. I did not take anything. Okay, Palmero. Next, <laughs> right? I'm not here to talk about the past. Next, I mean, it was a, it was, it was so bad. It was so bad. You know, right? you know. Actually, hold on a second. That was some of the greatest television right. ever to be on American television. I, that was great. I compared it. I I compare it to Al. I compare it to Al Pacino in The Godfather when when they brought him in front of the shutting hearings, and you got the lawyer there that's smoking in front of the microphone, and he's leaning into what to say, what not to say. I'm just I'm just an, an Italian American who fought for this country. Okay, pal. Yeah, you're innocent, right? And then you have these stooges get up there, Palmero pointing to the to to, to the panel. I did not take it. Yeah, that's right. Tejada, that's right. He gave you a shot in your butt, but you didn't know what it was. You thought it was B12. Okay. Okay, pal. Oh, my God. And then you got Mark McGuire. I'm not here to talk about the past. Oh, my God. Oh my the best God. part about that is that they really were so serious. Yeah. But they were making these statements like, I'm, you know, I'm telling you the truth. Believe me, I'm telling you the truth. Meanwhile, the reporter sees the Andrew sitting up in your locker saying, what's that? Oh, I have no idea what that is. Yeah, but Andrew was not illegal. Well, true. Right? True. So the funny part is, he could have talked about Andrew, which I thought he did. 
But meanwhile, it was really the real advanced stuff that was in that Andrew model. But right. but everybody just thought it was Andrew. Everybody's running out to the store to get Andrew. Oh my God, I can look like Mark McGuire. All I have to do is buy that little bottle. Man, Andrew, that's the time I should have bought that stock. That should have been the pump and dump stock right then and there. <laughs> not, not this GameStop stock. It should have been Andrew back in the day. Yeah. Uh, oh, that was comical. Who else was on there? Sosa was up there. There was three, five players, I think, that went there. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. Was, that uh, was just... Who's the guy from the Astros? Wasn't he on there? Astros. Uh, ba- Bagwell? Yes. Is it Bagwell? Yeah, yes. the first baseman, Bagwell. That, that, yeah. that, was, that was, I'm telling you, it, for all of our listeners, if you didn't watch it, go to YouTube and just pull it up. It, I mean, when you have some spare time on a weekend and you just need a laugh, right? Sometimes, DVD, I like to watch stand-up comedy. I do, right? It's a, I'll, I'll look through on Netflix or whatever, and I'll try to find, you know, a stand-up comedian. Because you just want to just, you know, kind of veg out and just laugh. This is humor. Watching those guys hit that hearing. That, that was humor. Yeah, it, it, yeah. I, I'm with you. If you got a free time, I'm telling you that Palmero and McGuire, that that was hilarious, no doubt about it. And not to belabor the point, but not, not see now you just bring it all coming back. The best part about that was after that, right? It was after the hearings. Everybody's like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> and then everything just just explodes or it implodes for them. However you want to look at it. And they're like, wait a minute, let's go talk to Miguel Tejada. <laughs> and then that all comes out. It, it was it was just a comedy of errors for Major League Baseball. But again, there wasn't a blind eye, right? They they were they were on a mission in Major League Baseball to try to protect and rest in peace, but try to repet uh, protect a Hank Aaron. They were trying to protect a Babe Ruth. That's what they were trying to do. And we're not going to talk about my feelings about both Ruth and Aaron and, and those legacies and the errors that they played. We're not going to talk about that, but that's what they were trying to do. And they didn't care who got in the way. When you look, I, again, I look at Guerrero when there's smoke, there's fire. But they they want to get in the way. They want to stop it because they have their poster boy. Yeah, right? but, but you got to remember, but the NFL doesn't care. People don't care that an NFL player has to take Toradol um, to get ready for games, right? And, and we all know the effects of Toradol, that that's not good for players. Yep. But players will do whatever they can to get on a football field uh, because that's their nature. They want to play. Because they know the next man's going to take their job, so they they don't want to sit a game so somebody can take their job, and and so the the protection or whatever a player has to do to be ready to play that game on Sunday is different than in baseball. There's something about That's these so records cool. in baseball that is just you look at it and it's like, oh my god, we have to protect the integrity of these records. Where in football, I, I don't think people really care about it. I don't think people care that. Um, uh, was it Drew Brees, uh, whoever, Peyton Manning broke uh, Dan Marino's uh, touchdown record. And I don't think anybody cared when Marino broke the touchdown record from whoever he broke it from. But in baseball, you know, you break a home run record, um, and that's, you know, sacred, you know, sacred ground. And so I just think 
records as a whole in baseball mean more in sports than NFL records means in sports. Yeah, no, you're you're spot on with that, hundred percent. And it, it it's it's mind blowing though that the NFL when they got caught in their in their scandal, if you will, with concussions. And you had a lot of media, a lot of press, uh, the movie concussion, books were coming out, lawsuits, the whole nine. The NFL took this, you know, big PR stance that, you know, we care about player safety. But when we started this podcast here today, you brought up the point when we were talking about this, just before you started talking about the 17th game, about the Thursday night game. And for an, a league, for an organization that says that they really care about player safety, there's no way in the world that you would force these players to play on a Sunday, go through a violent, what do they call it, like a car crash for three hours, and then have to turn around and forfeit any substantial type of recovery just to be ready to play a meaningful game on a Thursday. It, 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 it's, it's just mind blowing. And, you know, I, I think, I think you, you, you hit the head, hit the nail on the head there. Yeah. So, it's grossly irresponsible. So for all of those out there that want to uh, comment on, on the discussion that we had here, obviously you can hit us up on Twitter um, and go to at real, OW Sports, and, you know, give us your feedback on that. Stevie D, I was thinking, you know, we, we do it every year, and we're coming up on our 100th episode. Woo-hoo. Big changes for the 100th episode. So, you figure for the 100th, you know, we're, we're going to be popping bottles, you know, we'll, you know we're going we're gonna to turn up, as they say, right, uh, for the 100th. But when we do the 101st episode, we really need to do that one for the reason why we got into podcasting as a whole. And that was because our conversations, we would have every three to four months and definitely uh, have it on, on an annual type basis. And that would be on the Hall of Fame. We have got to make that our annual tradition where we discuss the Hall of Fame, whether it be in sorry to the NHL fans out there. Sorry to the NBA fans out there. We are talking about the NFL Hall of Fame and the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. But in fairness to those two sports that we're leaving out is that we typically don't have a problem with your Hall of Fame. Right. Voting process. So that's a good right. thing. Right, that's a good thing that you're not included in the conversation. So we we should point that out. That's the reason why we're not talking about the NBA and the NHA Hall of Fame. That, that that's a good point. That that's a good point. But yeah, so I think that's what we're going to make our hundred and first episode, and and just kind of go back into it again. You know, for those of you who have heard it in the past, you know, we're we're adding a little bit more to it because every year just. It just boggles the mind. And, you know, you would think, and I'm not going to go too deep into it, but you would think that, you know, 
shouldn't people be retiring? Shouldn't shouldn't their votes go away and be given to somebody else at some point? It just seems like we have the same the same idiots. <laughs> I'm just gonna call it what it is. We have the same idiots casting the same dumb dumb ballots year after year after year, and, and I just don't get it. Yeah, I think they should be looking at uh, uh, the Writers Association, at least in baseball, should be looking at different uh, platforms now as the media world and social media has expanded. I think they have to look at getting different people involved and not just sports writers. You mean, uh, and, well, let's, you know, I'm, I'll am i throw my name in the ring there for well, my two. <laughs> Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll throw my name in the hat. No, but seriously. Hey, Barry, I got your back, baby. I got your back. <laughs> so, um, I I just think they they you're the old timers that are not really into writing, but still have their credentials that are just not into the sport, and or are still casting votes. Uh, first of all, we're putting people in all fairness, on a ballot that have no reason even being on a ballot. In all due respect, just because you played the sport, right, and you had a half-decent career, doesn't mean you should be eligible to be on a Hall of Fame ballot, right? That just doesn't make sense. Like, I'll give an example. Uh, And for some reason, it's popping in my head because he just had a a famous arrest down in Florida for a DWI. It's Johnny Damon, right? If yeah. I look at Johnny Damon, nothing says to me Johnny Damon's a Hall of Famer. He was a good player. At times, he was he could be a great player at times. But generally, he was a good player. A good player for many years. I wouldn't put him in anywhere near the Hall of Fame class. I wouldn't even give him a vote for the Hall of Fame. He wouldn't even get one vote. So why would he be on the list? And that's a good player. You have guys that have been on that list Charles Nagy, really? Okay. Aaron Seeley, okay. Really? Seriously? Come hey, on. hey, 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 don't give up too much of your good material when you start throwing out Aaron Seeley. Hey. You gotta say that one because that's a special one. And he got a vote. He I got know. Like, <laughs> oh, God. All right. So, anyway, that's a preview. That's just a sneak preview, so I'll just cut it right now because I'll go on and on and on. We'll never get off the off the horn tonight. <laughs> Fired up already. Yeah, I'm telling you. <laughs> well, all right, CBD. That that's that's gonna wrap this one up. Uh, definitely to all of our fans and all of our listeners out there, you can check us out at our website, officialwordsports.com. As I said, you can hit us up at Twitter at Real OW Sports. And, of course, uh, give us a like, give us a follow on whatever uh, is your favorite podcasting platform. We're out there. We're all over the place. So uh, we we missed a dynamic duo for this show, but that's okay, guys. Uh, When you come back, you know, that seat's warm and ready for you. Uh, But for Stevie D, I'm Vince, and we'll talk to you soon.